Nuclear proliferation. Global pandemic. Famine. Environmental genocide. War. Mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age. Everywhere you turn, chaos, anarchy, and shadow. In these bleak days, under the fading light, where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway, and people cry out for the rule of law, humanity is at a breaking point where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham, and L. Bradley Sheaf. Michael Jackson, Brad, man in the mirror. How about that? We're back here for another episode of IP Frequently, and we come in with the man, the myth, the legend, the late, great Michael Jackson. There you go, buddy. I like it. A little man in the mirror for some folks in our government who could do themselves a service by looking at the man or woman or whatever the case may be in the mirror. But, you know, President Biden's not going to be doing that because he spends a lot of his time with his eyes closed, David, especially if he's at a U.N. conference or something of that nature. That's right, Brad. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to everything that's gone on this week. We're going to tie it back to how to help you at home start a small business, whether it be a lemonade stand or a Fortune 500 company. But before we get there, a little housekeeping, Brad. Uh, we are back here with the hit show IP Frequently. We just put uh, another uh, great Halloween in the books. We're facing down Thanksgiving. And you know what that means, Brad, the big turkey gobbler show will be coming up in a couple of weeks where you and I don the old gobble gobbles and call out the turkeys of the year. Yeah, that's always a good time. And, and this year, my friend, is going to be, you know, some years, they're good years. You got to, you know, kind of hunt around, you know, who's the biggest turkey? What did they do? Is it turkey worthy? But this year, it's a filtering process. We may have to do, we may have, for the very first time, we may have to do categories of turkeys. Yeah, no, that's right. Large turkeys, big turkeys, bad turkeys, good turkey, uh, all over the map. Brad, the ratings are in. And I was told by our um, our dear friend out in Hollywood, our, our agent, that uh, the ratings are through the roof. Is that good? I think it is. It is. Sure. I didn't even know we had an agent. So, I mean, the, the mere fact that we have an agent sounds good and ratings through the roof sounds good. Well, that's 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 when you know you've made it right when the agent is backstage here when you've got the full studio audience out here with their patents which brad will sign each and every one at the end of the at the end of the program but when he's backstage hovering that's when you know you've made it yeah well good point and brad this week we're gonna once again try to go a little bit off script uh a lot of a lot of people very happy with just sort of the grab bag approach of last week so we're going to try to do a little bit of that again we want to be a little more structured because we have this new sponsored diamonds direct which we both love and know very well i believe that's where you got your first um engagement ring for the lovely krista ring many years ago if i'm not mistaken 
it may have been. It was a long time ago. I'd have to stop and think about that. Uh, but Brad, this week, we're going to start with the grab bag. And the first thing out of the shoot is a new segment, a brand new segment. Oh, um, boy. The first segment is what we call the Jared grab bag. Okay, the Jared grab bag. And this is where our producer, Jared, as you all know him, will present his most important news story of the week, right? The most important news story of the week. It could be President Biden going to this farcical summit in the middle of Scotland where there are lines of private planes. It could be the setting share thing. It could be, you know, Chicago sinking into one of the Great Lakes, which we'll get to, my friend. Asteroids colliding with Earth or something else. And what we'll do is we'll say, Jared, go and pick the top story of the week. And then at some point, you know, he'll raise it and we'll debate it. Now, not about whether it'll be barred or banned, but just in general, whether we think it's a good idea or whether we think it's a, a terrible story. All right. I like it. I hope Jared's a, prepared. He is. I think he is prepared. He's already provided me his article. And he his article is about how QAnon believers claim that uh, JFK Jr., uh, the late great uh, son of JFK Sr., uh, will apparently reappear in Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas, again, a place near and dear to your heart. Um, and declared Donald Trump president. And this is uh, a, a recent article that, uh, that just came out. And apparently there's some loophole in the Constitution, sort of like a Dealey Plaza exception that uh, would enable uh, JFK Jr. to overturn the uh, 2020 election after a year of um, uh, you know, sort of a settled case. And so, Brad, what do you think about that? Do you think that's likely to happen? <laughs> Wait, let me get this straight. So JFK Jr., mm-hmm. the son, right? The son, yes. Who's now probably how old? He's got to be sixty, right? Oh, he's been dead since nineteen ninety-seven. Born in nineteen sixty-three, so he's going to be in his sixties, correct? So the theory here is that the dead JFK Jr. is going to show up in Dealey Plaza and make a declaration that Donald Trump is president. Now, in most cases, if someone were to stand in Dealey Plaza and make the declaration that Donald Trump is still president, that would be sort of the headline of that event, right? I'm not saying that event would necessarily draw a crowd, but anyone who happened to be standing around, that would be the headline, is that there's someone standing here declaring Donald Trump is still the president. But don't you think that would be overshadowed by the fact that it's a dead guy doing it? That would be somewhat remarkable, yeah, in and of itself. But apparently, there are there is a large crowd of Q- QAnon believers, of subscribers. I don't know if it's a it's, it's a subscription service or not. Uh, who have uh, sort of um, started to congregate in downtown Dallas, waiting for this declaration. And then I suppose Trump goes back to the White House, takes over, and then uh, apparently there are T-shirts out there saying Trump JFK Junior. twenty twenty four, which would put them on the same presidential ticket. I don't know who Trump's vice president would be when he goes back tomorrow or the next day, but they're on the same you know, ticket. Well, is the, it, 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 QAnon, I mean, these folks are obviously, you know, out there. Um, is the belief that JFK Jr. didn't die? I mean, that must be their position, right? They, they don't honestly believe a dead guy is going to show up and declare Donald Trump president, right? So is there... Is the official QAnon position that JFK Jr.'s death was faked or what have you? Uh, listen, uh, this is not my segment. 
again, I, you, you can't, uh, you can't pin this all on me. I'm, I'm just simply trying to decipher what it is that we've been, we've been given. So it's sort of like when you boxed in the Navy, right? So they put you in the ring. You could either be in the ring with a kangaroo, in which case the kangaroo is going to get a little more applause and you're going to get over with the crowd or like a jamoke. And if you're in the ring with a jamoke, you know, you're probably going to have to, you're not going to want to just go knock them out. Right. Because you get the pay-per-view at home. You get all the people that paid for the seats and the destroyer deck. You're going to want to just go in there, jab, jab, you know, play around a little bit, do a little dancing. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you're not getting oiled up, Brad. Just go out there and knock the guy out. Okay. So you got to work the crowd a little bit. So let's ask Jared, Jared, what, 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 what say you about this? It's your segment. Um, Is uh, Donald Trump, uh, uh, I'm sorry, JFK Jr. Is he alive? Well, I'm in Dealey Plaza now waiting for him. Okay. Don't don't see him though. I I see some people dressed up as a zombie JFK Jr. And those are actually the least crazy people in the crowd. Yeah, that's probably got nothing to do with QAnon. That's just the normal hobos that are that are there. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess Brad, we don't know. It's it's sort of a mystery wrapped in a riddle. I guess we could just leave Jared on site at Dealey Plaza and get a report back at some point. And you know who knows? I mean, the the, the question is, how does this impact your small business? Well, obviously, if your small business is in Dealey Plaza, you've got, you know, issues to deal with there. Um, Give yourself if not, I think you can safely ignore it. I think, you know, for all small, so for the vast majority of small businesses, I'm going to say at least 65 to 70% of small businesses in America are not in Dealey Plaza. And so if you're not in Dealey Plaza, then you know you can just go about your business, right? Whatever whatever it happens to be, because the odds that a dead guy is going to show up in Dealey Plaza are low, um, and the odds that that dead guy in Dealey Plaza is going to make an announcement that Donald Trump is president are even lower, and lowest yet are the odds that a dead guy is going to appear in Dealey Plaza, announce that Donald Trump is president, and have that actually take effect. So I think it's safe, again, for that majority of small businesses that are not physically located in Dealey Plaza to just sort of, you know, go about their business. I think, I think they're fine. Yeah, but I mean, if, they, if your small business is um, uh, selling the T-shirts in Dealey Plaza or maybe lemonade or some other refreshing beverage, maybe you're going to do well with this crowd. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, the, waiting around for a dead guy to make a controversial presidential announcement is thirsty business. You're going to need is. a lemonade. Now, not a lot of sugar because you don't want to come crashing down from that sugar high before the dead guy gets there. But if you've got the right mix of citrus and sugar and, you know, nice, cool beverage, then sure. Yeah. I mean, what else would you have? Yeah, no, that's a um, that's that's a good point, Brad. So so Jared, stay out there. Stay safe. Uh, Brad, you and I can, uh, you and I can just, uh, sort of, just sort of move on, uh, next Brad, we've got the, uh, your friend in mine, the former governor of the state of New York, um, uh, Andrew Cuomo, uh, looks like he is, um, in the middle of a perp walk for, um, groping, uh, at least one of his former aides. Um, he's already left the office in disgrace. And uh, it, it looks like he's probably not going to be uh, coming up for uh, coming downstairs for political breakfast anytime soon. And it really couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And it reminds me of that old story of uh, remember Al Capone and the Untouchables, the, the, the movie with the, the baseball bat. I do. So Al Capone, right, murdered at least 
you know, one or two people, I would think. Mm-hmm. And uh, never got him on those two murders, right? Never got him on those two murders, but they got him on the tax evasion charge. Right. Yeah. Crafty. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy, Cuomo. Single-handedly responsible for the deaths of thousands in old folks' homes in New York. Yeah. Those of you with the abacus at home, that's more than the two people Capone killed. Yeah. Correct. And he's going away for groping, which is obviously a serious charge, but they're not getting him for the more serious charge of murder, um, but they're getting him for the, the groping charge. At least he's doing a perp work walk. Now, here's the, here's the real question, buddy. I mean, I think everybody appreciates seeing a guy like that doing the perp walk. Who wouldn't? But do you think on the Chris Cuomo show that he'll be there with like a giant gag pair of handcuffs like he did with the giant COVID testing swab? back in the day when everything was good and Cuomo was being hailed as a hero. But that was obviously before it turned out that he was responsible for the deaths of thousands and literally groping every woman that he could grope. Right. So the question is, will Chris Cuomo, you know, be able to get him on the show, get out that funny pair of handcuffs, you know, maybe be wearing a a black and white striped suit, something of that nature, and just kind of yuck it up with his brother? Do you think now? I mean, I think he should. That look, that's as you and I both know, the sight gags are what build the ratings. Like we didn't get to the place we're at just by our, you know, dulcet tones or coming on the, the radio and just talking, right? They're the sight gags, right? The sight gags, the Jerry yeah, Lewis. Nothing works calls. on the radio like a good sight gag. Anybody yeah, will Jer- tell you that. Jerry Lewis stuff, um, you know, the uh, the old Three Stooges. The, the, you know, people love that. People in the studio audience love it when you and I sort of, Get a little slap happy here. And uh, I'll tell you what, if they did that, I would bet money would be the highest rated show of the night. Oh, I I have no doubt people would watch. But unfortunately, I think the former uh, governor has uh, other things on his mind. And I think Chris Cuomo will find some other way to be a total jackass. Yeah. And you and I both have brothers. Um, We do. I I have my brother, Kevin, who is... um, uh, lives on Cape Cod, old Cape Cod, as Patty Page once said. And um, I, I can say I never had an issue like this with him. Um, how about you with Scooter? No, but of course, you know, we never had, he's never been the governor. I've never been on a, you know, rapidly declining news station. So there's, there's that difference as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but, but he's probably arrested people like governor, former governor Cuomo. Well, he's definitely arrested people. Yeah, back in the day when uh, he was a Secret Service agent. I don't know that he ever collared a former governor, uh, but, uh, you know, maybe one day we can have him on and ask him. We, that, that is something I think, we, I, think we need to, I think we need to do. Next, Brad, travel hell as we uh, start uh, our way towards the holidays. I know you and I will both be on many uh, uh, either flights or in cars or not traveling at all. Um, but uh, it looks like we've got more problems with this whole vaccine mandate and uh, American Airlines canceling thousands and thousands of flights, business people stranded in hubs and other airports, stranded. I, I, I received a call from a couple of friends stranded in Seattle, sleepless Ooh. in Seattle too, just yeah. stuck up there because they couldn't get a flight uh, because the pilots uh, there, there aren't enough pilots, there aren't enough crew members. The vaccine mandate is pushing people out of the uh, out of the workforce. It happened on American this week, Southwest last week. And uh, it looks like it's going to be a very tr- tough um, uh, travel season for the, the rest of the year through the holidays. And this impacts not only 
you know, going to grandma's house uh, on an American airline jumbo jet, but also uh, Brad business travel, business travel, which is just starting to pick up a little bit is heavily impacted by this. And when 2000 flights are canceled in a single day on a single airline, uh, that can, that can be a problem. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it depends on how you look at it, right? I mean, what you have to do is you have to listen to the clear and unambiguous and frankly, very logical guidance that's coming out of the White House. You're just going to have to lower your expectations, right? I mean, we cannot have fully qualified airline pilots who are not vaccinated at the controls. I mean, who knows what happens? They could come down with a rapid case of COVID-19 and, you know, fly the airplane right into a hillside, right? I mean, it happens all the time. What's, what's truly important here is that people be forced to take a vaccine for a disease that requires that you be tested just to know you have it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, that is, that is what is important here. I don't care about certifications, licenses. I want to know that the folks up in the front of this aircraft are vaccinated. Right. The rest of I don't care if they were formerly insurance salesmen. I don't care if they just pick them up off the street the morning of as long as they're vaccinated. That's the truly critical thing in an airline pilot or a jet mechanic or a flight attendant. It's not their training. It's not their qualifications. It's their vaccination. I never once got on an airplane long before this pandemic thing without poking my head in the cockpit making sure everybody had their tetanus shots, their MMR, uh, flu. I want to make sure that yellow fever has been vaccinated against. I mean, that was just common practice to just check with people on their vaccination status. And so, again, as the White House tells us, you got to put you got to major in the majors. Right. And that's it's all about vaccine status. And to the extent that that causes you a personal problem, lower your expectations. I mean, yeah, it's not exactly. like this is America. It's not like we're used to having fully functional airlines, low price gas, groceries on the shelves. That's not who we are. We are used to and should be able to deal with all of this deprivation so that we can ensure that we properly punish those people who make the free choice not to be vaccinated. Yep. I, listen, I, um, I think that's exactly right. I think that uh, I, I don't know if you saw the report out of Southwest Airlines this week, but something even more egregious than someone uh, not the you know, two year old not wearing a mask on a plane um, or a, uh, you know, a pilot choosing not to be vaccinated or take the, you know, the third jab is this pilot, I guess, on a Southwest Airlines flight um, made the derogatory comment about our president and uh, commander in chief, you know, let's go Brandon over the uh, loudspeaker. Did you, you, you follow in that whole thing? The let's go. Brandon. I, yes. Did you happen just as an aside, did you happen to see in Arizona, a former Marine was being given an award by his municipality. I don't remember which one it was because he stepped in and stopped a robbery, right. At, at risk to himself, you know, save the, the victim apprehended, the perpetrator, and when he showed up to get his award from that municipality, he was wearing a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For those of you at home and here in the studio audience that don't know what we're talking about, there was a, an interview a few weeks ago. I think it was with NASCAR or one of the Yeah, it was a NASCAR race. They were yeah, interviewing, yeah. A, interviewing a uh, driver named Brandon, and the whole crowd 
is yelling bleep Joe Biden at a very, very loud <laughs> chant. And the announcer's like, well, listen to that. Aren't you proud? They're saying, let's go, Brandon. And the guy just kind of looked at the announcer like it was a little bit, little bit off. And since then, stadiums across the country have been taken over by these, uh, these chants. There are videos there. I think, Brad, you made a TikTok uh, a couple of weeks ago. But, but the point being, the point being that there is more outrage about this pilot saying, let's go, Brandon. If he had said, you know, screw Donald Trump or, you know, George W. Bush, it'd be a different story. Different, different kettle of mackerel, my friend. Different kettle of mackerel. Well, again, I mean, it's, you know, social media is largely controlled by, you know, folks who tend to lean towards the left. And so that's what you can expect on social media is an explosion of outrage about something that's quite frankly funny and witty. And, you know, we have a long history in this country of poking fun at all kinds of elected officials, but apparently, you know, we're not about that anymore. Uh, so far, we've uh, focused in on uh, some urgent uh, matters that are critical to you, the small business owner. And we've also got our man in the street, Jared, standing in Dealey Plaza, uh, waiting for JFK Jr. Jared, are you uh, are you okay there? Have you taken shelter, no pun intended? And have you seen the uh, deceased son of the uh, the ex-president, who's also de- deceased? I think I saw him. I'm going to go up. I'm going to introduce myself. Maybe we can do a live interview on IP Frequently with JFK Jr., Give me a sec. I'm going to try to battle the crowd. I'm going to try to get this movie for you. Well, while he's doing that, Brad, we'll go uh, jump. I'm sure everyone is on the edge of their seat there, Brad. Um, We'll we'll jump into some more. uh, Buddy, frankly, I mean, if he's able to do an interview with any deceased people, I would take it. Downtown Dallas, they're, they're, they're generally people that just sort of zombie around. So we'll see. uh, We'll see what he comes up with. But next, Brad, again, we are focusing on what impacts um, your small business, my small business, everyone's small business, those wanting to start a business, those in business school, uh, and those with no business whatsoever. Um, and next, Brad, of course, the big global climate summit, uh, where some of the elites of the world have gotten together in, in I believe it's Glasgow, Scotland, uh, to try to solve the global emissions problem. Joe Biden, our fearless leader, uh, was out there. Um, he was awake most of the, probably awake longer than I would have been out there. He was uh, accompanied by our climate czar, John Forbes Kerry, John Kerry, the People's Choice from 2004, one of the great Americans in his own mind. And uh, they're there for one reason, Brad, to solve the global climate crisis before it's too late. Well, you know, it would be easier to solve the global climate crisis, whatever that that happens to be today. I mean, again, when you and I were younger men, it was, you know, it was going to be the great freeze, right? It was going to be another ice age now. Remember that movie? Do you remember that movie? Global warming, I do. I do remember the one. Dennis Quaid? Yeah. Uh, But I, I do think it would be easier to solve any climate crisis we have, especially if we believe that crisis to be based on greenhouse gases if the motorcade of the president of the United States was not 85 vehicles. Yeah. Now, again, I got no scientist. I mean, maybe those vehicles were, uh, you know, all necessary and contributing to the solution of climate change. But my guess is there would be less greenhouse gases if there were fewer vehicles in the Biden motorcade. Uh, It was nice to see the president bring his wife, Dr. Um, Jill Biden, brought her out there. Um, so, you know, they flew out there on a massive jet. I guess there were about 400 
private jets swooping into this conference and uh um you know prince charles was there and we'll get to him in a minute prince charles by the way has really um acquitted himself quite well since he um was directly responsible for the death of his first wife by leaving for the second wife and now eventually when he's like 90 he'll become king but uh it's nice to see he's acquitted himself he flew in a private jet um as did the uh, prince of the crown prince brad of monaco and i know how you love royalty so they they made it to weigh in on the uh, on the um on the whole thing it's kind of interesting though the um president of china is that what you call him the premier of china Rigi didn't show up uh putin didn't show up from russia so a lot of the players that would seem to be necessary in order to effectuate any type of change whether you think it's real or not or whether you think it matters or not they just simply were they just simply didn't bother to show up so it seems to me that some of this is just about you know, patting ourselves on the back, and especially if someone there like John Kerry doesn't really pass the smell test as to whether or not any of this is truly credible. Although if you do go, based on the performance of the president of the United States, you can get some quality shut eye. I mean, you could, you know, if you're a little behind, starting to see those bags under your eyes, maybe the pressure of, you know, being in politics and worrying about climate change is getting to you then you can go to this conference and you can just sort of, you know, cross your arms, get your mask on, just kind of snuggle down and get yourself some quality Z's. And I applaud that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and plus he was walking around. Most of the people there did, were maskless, 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 and, without uh, mask, mask except, free, perhaps? mask free, except for yeah. the, uh, except for the president who our president had a mask on the entire time. And then outside this thing, you've got all these, I mean, the way, the way you look at it, right. It's kind of funny. You have the Prince Charles and the Prince of Monaco and the Bezos and the president with the mask falling asleep and all this stuff going on inside. Right. And you think that's where the entertainment is and it can't get any better than this. Right. Yeah. It just right. can't. No, you wouldn't think and so. then, then you go outside. Right. And you see this crowd of young anarchists just rioting. And then you see Thun, remember Thunberg, the, the, the girl, the girl with the um, two actor parents who like lectured people at the UN. Greta oh, Thunberg. yeah. What, yeah, what yeah. was her name? What Greta is it? Thunberg, Thunberg. Right, Thunberg. right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. So she was out there screaming <laughs> at the fact that all these people are inside doing whatever they're doing. And she's railing yeah. against that. The funny part is all these groups took private planes and big limos and Humvees to get to this spot, right? Yeah. The people inside who were protesting where we are, the people outside who are protesting, the people inside protesting where we are. I mean, it's just kind of farcical and comical, but just for this whole shindig to have happened, it probably took, I mean, it's sort of the equivalent of, you know, when you're like 65, 70 years old and you have like three or four comorbidities and you decide it's a good idea to head off to Vegas with your high school buddies for the weekend. And then you just go on a bender for like four days. And then you, you wake up on Monday and you're like, okay, this had to take three or four years off my life. I don't know when it's going to end, but whenever it does, three years will be wiped out because of this trip. This thing is probably taken three to four years off the Earth's life. Well, at least, buddy. And that's, I mean, if, if you are a climate scientist and you have, and again, I, I, maybe your client scientist work is incredibly engaging and you're very busy. I, I don't know. But I would encourage you, if you are a climate scientist and you have a spare 10 to 15 minutes 
you know, maybe you walk away from measuring the depth of the core ice in Greenland or whatever the case may be, and, and you got a few minutes, I would encourage you to do the calculations on the carbon footprint of the global climate change conference, and then compare that to any other single event that occurred on planet Earth this year. And my guess is that it would not only be by far and away the most, that it would be cataclysmically the most, right? Like you could probably do 10 Super Bowls and still get your carbon footprint under the carbon footprint of the official guests at the climate conference and those protesting the official guests at the climate conference. I guarantee that's the case. Yeah, and it's it, but it's but when you get this group of heavy thinkers together like Prince Charles, Bezos, Bezos's Latin girlfriend who he cheated on his wife with when he and then the first lady, the doctor, and the president of the United States falling asleep. I mean, and then and then the, the, you get all this group together and John Kerry running around, and then you've got like um, Chairman G, who was who was supposed to give a virtual event a virtual speech from, yeah. from china because he hasn't left china since the COVID outbreak and at the end of the day he said screw it i'm not doing it he just said nope yeah. not gonna do it and so all you had was a blank zoom screen with nothing i think there was some nice music in the background but there was nothing putin didn't even do that the strong men from turkey didn't do that either they both they all just said screw it. we're not we're not gonna even participate in this this is a joke um but they did more blowing it off than the people that went and attended did by attending does yeah, that make sense? The, the, yeah, the climate was positively affected solely by the people who didn't go. Yeah. Right now, exactly. again, I, I don't know what you're shooting for. If you're organizing a climate change conference, I've never done that. Now, my guess is that your hope, if you're an honest person, is that there will be an outcome that will help to mitigate climate change going forward. My guess is it was not organized by an honest person, that it was, you know, simply a sham from the jump. Uh, but if, you know, giving the benefit of the doubt, if your hope is to positively affect climate change, what you should do is encourage everyone to stay home and not get on their private jet and then in their limo and park that in the middle of your 85 vehicle caravan and, you know, head for the conference center. Uh, Brad, so if I had to rank the usefulness of everyone in this whole this whole thing, I would probably put two and three, Putin and G. And I don't know how I would rank those two. I just say let's give them two and three. Let's give the Turkish strongman number four. Okay. Okay. And you can put Biden yeah. um, and uh, you know Prince Charles, Prince the Crown Prince of Monaco. Um, I believe there's a Caspian princess that attended. There's a unicorn that ranked them out. John Forbes Carey will be at the bottom. And then number one is Jared in Dealey Plaza. He, he would be number one out of this whole cast of characters. Well, yeah, because he effectively stayed home, right? I mean, that's why Jared yeah. is from the Dallas area. I mean, he's out. I mean, he's just, just it, it makes you wonder. It, it, it has to give you pause as a member of the human race and the vast majority of people who listen to this radio program are members of the human race, albeit not all. Not all. And it has to give you pause as a member of the human race, the collections of jackasses that we have scattered across the globe. You got the folks at the Climate Change Conference. You got these QAnon nutjobs hanging out in Dealey Praza waiting for a dead guy to show up to declare 
a guy who lost an election president through some loophole in the Constitution that you have to be in QAnon to even recognize is there. I mean, that this is what we're doing with our time. Right. I mean, you know, there's certainly in in the world, there's a lot of people who feel like this is the only lifetime you get. Right. You got the whole YOLO mentality. Right. You only live once, et cetera, et cetera. Depending on what your particular faith position or religious belief may be, you you, you fall on that side of the corner. You don't. But there's certainly a lot of people who do. And this is what you're doing with it. I mean, if there if you happen to believe that there is a God and you and I both do, then you have to believe he's he's got to spend a fair amount of time shaking his head and saying, no, 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 you're not getting it. Well, Brad, I'll tell you what, one other thing we have to talk about really quickly is this whole Thanksgiving inflation issue. I know you're worried about it. Uh, the president doing a bang up job with the economy. It looks like this year's turkey could cost 30 percent more than last year's, maybe more. Uh, gasoline is going to cost more. The planes, when they fly, uh, are going to be more expensive because there aren't as many flights. Um, what advice do you have for small business owners who are trying to run a business, uh, serve their employees, serve their customers in a time of financial um, uncertainty? Well, A, stay home, right? Run your business. If anyone invites you to a conference, particularly a global climate conference, don't go, right? It's going to be a joke. Nothing's going to happen. It's quite frankly going to have the opposite effect of what you would think would be intended. So you stay home, you focus on your small business. And maybe, you know, our best bet here might be to just, you know, for every small business to try and chip in and get one turkey per business, right? Because at a 30% price increase, for a turkey you can't drive to get because gas is four and a half bucks, your best bet is to just collectively get a company turkey. You have to go to work anyway, yeah. right? so you're burning that gas anyway. So you get the company turkey, everybody huddles around, you carve off a little nibble of that turkey because you're not going to be able to get a very big one because, again, inflation is, is killing us here. Yeah. And so you, you get your little nibble of turkey and you take a picture of that and you bring it home to the family and you say, look, kids, typically here in America, we celebrate on the fourth Thursday of every November, what we call Thanksgiving, but we can't really do that this year um, because we've made a complete mess out of our economy while, you know, our leadership naps and wears masks and does whatever else. But here's what a turkey looks like. And you can show it to them. I mean, if you've got one of the new iPhones, you can take it in portrait mode. The turkey will look fantastic. Well, not Brad, and, not many people have those phones. There's a chip shortage, but uh, the, the, the turkey, and then there's chicken of the sea. There's plenty of, you ever have star kissed tuna? Of course. Hey, come on, buddy. You sea. and I were children of the 70s. We had chicken of the sea. Yeah, chicken of the sea is the first cousin to turkey of the sea. So you get a can of that, right? Or sardines. I hear sardines are making a comeback. And you, you know what? There you go. There you are. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. You stuff them. I mean, it, it is hard to stuff a sardine, but not impossible. No. And so you stuff them. You get a little sage, you get a little thyme, you know, whatever floats your boat, some garlic. You shove that down the sardine's throat. You pop it in the oven. And, uh, you know, you play your cards right. You baste it well. And, you know, most folks at the Thanksgiving dinner are not going to be able to tell that's not a turkey. No, most, most to be very honest, most folks are drunk by the time the turkey comes out anyway. And, uh, you know, you just you, you, you sort of play it by ear. You have the sardine, you, you pretend they're getting a you, you actually 
for show, you say, do you want to, you want the white meat or you want the, the, the dark meat? And then you just give them a sardine. Yeah. Regardless of what they say, they get a sardine. Yeah. Well, yeah. of course. I mean, I right. they're going to get one either the top or the bottom of the can, right. but it is what right. it is. But listen, that's how they did it during the depression. And what's interesting now is I saw an article in the wall street journal that said that there is more of a demand for soup kitchens now than ever. And soup kitchen shelves are actually at an all time low because people in the homes can't get anything. And so there's nothing to donate. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, there you go. I mean, there's a, there's a microcosm of the current state of affairs here in this great country of ours is that even in a soup kitchen, you can't get soup because we got supply chain issues. We got inflationary issues, but you know what? I, I, when, when I think about that and I start to feel a little down, I start to feel a little blue, I get maybe a little depressed. I think, you know what? At least I don't have to fly on a plane where the guy is unvaccinated, right? I mean, at least I don't have to put my life at risk because a fully licensed, certified, experienced air crew member is in the front without his vaccine, right? At least I know who's ever up there has been poked two, maybe three times with the COVID vaccine. And what makes a good stick and rudder pilot is whether or not he's had the COVID vaccine. Yeah, and, and listen, I'll tell you this. The other thing is don't think, for those of you who are out there in the business community, don't think that the government doesn't care. They're hard at work. They're putting together this infrastructure bill, this, uh, this uh, reconciliation package. The Biden administration has just passed a very important uh, executive order over the president's desk, which he is about to sign, which will award $450,000 to every displaced migrant who was part of the Trump policy of uh, separating, I guess, the Obama policy of separating minors from uh, their families. It's up to a million dollar uh, payment that's going to be given to each one of these migrant families, tax-free, tax-free, mind you. So they're, they're working on these programs that'll benefit you. And Brad, you're a veteran. How does it make you feel when your government is about to shell, to shell out $450,000 for each of these mis- these migrant kids who came here illegally, by the way, uh, $450,000. And on the other hand, whenever there's a serviceman killed in action, the um, uh, program we have in place awards $100,000 to that, uh, that serviceman or woman's family. Well, but I mean, again, it's, it's all you need to know, right? I mean, if you're, it, it, I get it. My, myself included, a lot of people, you can't watch the news. It doesn't matter whether you're on the left, you're on the right. It just, everything makes you angry. It's designed to do that, right? The, the media is designed to upset you because they know that if you're upset, you're more likely to watch, you're more likely to click, you're more likely to do all the things to put money in their pocket. But th- so if you're looking for, you know, just a few good, solid touch points, we can say, okay, I, I just need to know how things are actually going, you can go to the gas pump. That'll help you out. You can go to buy a turkey. That'll help you out. And you can check and see what the government is up to in terms of where your tax dollars are going, right? And again, I don't care if you're left, you're right, you're conservative, you're liberal. Just go check out where I, I presume that everyone listening to the show believes they have earned their paycheck, that they worked hard for it. They probably had to spend time away from their families. They probably had to put up with someone in their chain of command they can't stand, right? And, they, and, and they're doing all of that to earn a paycheck. 
And when it comes in, it is almost certainly somewhere north of 30% light based on all of the taxes that come out of it. And so it's reasonable to say, boy, I worked hard for that. I put up with a lot of crap for that. I wonder where that money that I unquestionably earned, no one's saying I didn't earn it, that I unquestionably earned, I wonder what it's getting spent on. It's getting spent on immigrants who entered this country illegally. That's what it's getting spent on. Now, I'm sure someone can explain that, and I look forward to that. Uh, but it, you know, these things, I think, make for good current event touch points. Where are we, you might be asking yourself. Where are we as a country? Well, there you go. Uh, so next, Brad, we've got your former home. And one of the reasons this segment uh, is called the razor's edge is because it's the cutting edge of uh, what's going on in society where there are problems that we've figured out and uh, we are trying to deal with in our society. Okay. I like it. This week, this week, we have learned that the water levels in the Great Lake Michigan is higher than it's been since 1900. And there is a chance that the entire city of Chicago could be wiped out in a cataclysmic event that would result in the lake rising while Chicago stays in the, uh, in the same, in the same location it's in. Right. I imagine it'd be tough for Chicago itself to rise. So I I think, I think you're regardless of the water level, I think you're pretty safe in saying Chicago is going to stay at the same level. Yeah. Correct. And it's going to, it's going to sink. It's going to sink from this report. Basically it's going to sink into the sea into the lake. That's what they're, that's what they're telling. Again, that's what they're telling us. These is there are the a time frame weather. on this? I mean, well, is this going to happen by like next Wednesday or what are we looking at here? I, listen, I don't, I don't have all the answers. Okay. I don't have all the answers. All I can tell you is that the weather channel put this out the other day in one of those banner ads. It is a cataclysmic event. This is elevated lake, And I'm quoting here, um, elevated lake levels increase impacts along the shore during storm events. Even minor events on the lake may cause flooding. Lake levels are now high enough to impact more inland areas, such as protected harbors, overbank areas along some rivers, and the site of the old Comiskey Park. So look, this is a crisis. Okay, the uh, Obama Museum is opening next year. Lori Lightfoot runs this city, the mayor of Chicago. And it seems like there's something going on that is determined to wipe the city of Chicago off the map. Well, it sounds like Lori Lightfoot is determined to wipe the city of Chicago off the map, right? Because it is possible that rising water levels will eventually cause someone to drown, but only if they stand still until the water is over their head. Yeah. But you could catch a bullet at damn near any time. Rising water levels may be on my list, but it's certainly going to be below the fact that children are being shot in that town on a regular basis, as they say in London, on the regular. So you may see, you're saying this may not be a catastrophic event. Well, maybe, buddy. I mean, again, it may be over time. You remember that scene in the uh, Mike Myers movie where he plays the, you know, 1970s, you know, sort of a takeoff on James Bond. And there's the scene where he's, <laughs> they're, they're driving at him with one of those like, uh, you know, giant heavyweight roller vehicles like a steamroller 
is mm-hmm. driving and you know it literally takes five minutes he's just going no the whole time and then he finally realized i could just step away from the steamroller see i think that is what we're talking about with the rising water levels whereas the amazing increase in violent crime in chicago is like you're you step one foot out to cross the street and realize oh shoot i'm in the middle of a formula one race see that's to me would be the difference yeah well that's that's a good point so maybe i shouldn't be hysterical quite yet not yet maybe well again yeah i mean i you know i i'm willing to bet if you dove into that more it's probably going to be sometime around the year 2456 that we'll see you know maybe the last antenna on the top of the sears tower disappear Uh, but i think until then um, you know, probably focus on the violent crime. And, uh, you know, if you're really concerned about it, you got plenty of time to go out to your local dicks and get yourself a flotation vest and a sandwich. Like and then it. I think like you'll, you'll survive the rising waters. Well, one of the problems in trying to stamp down some of this uh, uh, violent crime in big cities is this vaccine mandate, Brad, as you know, the, uh, the president's vaccine mandate is going into effect. Many of these big cities have more uh, aggressive vaccine mandates than even the, the federal uh, government has, uh, has, has ordered. And so to sort of frame this up, the federal government has ordered for all companies with over, uh, I think it's 50,000 or so or 20,000 employees, there has to be testing. And, and then for higher numbers of employees, there has to be uh, vaccination or sort of ongoing testing. Um, but now these municipalities are requiring that all fa- all state and city workers in certain classes have to be vaccinated. And so what's happening now is unreal. Uh, New York City is losing 25,000 uh, city workers as of November 1st that have just been told to stay home. They're not being paid. Uh, I think Los Angeles, and that includes police officers, Los Angeles is saying that 20 to 30% of its workforce in the police and fire departments are unvaxxed and have to stay home. Same with Seattle, higher numbers in Chicago, higher numbers in Portland. Um, It's just, uh, it's this crazy um, inflexible approach to this that is gonna lead to people being even more vulnerable. And you see it with large companies too, with this this Biden mandate, Uh, large manufacturers like Boeing, um, uh, Mercedes-Benz in the U.S. has a number of plants. Uh, Ford, uh, these companies are being forced to furlough workers who are unvaccinated as opposed to paying for a, an onerous testing uh, regime for, for COVID. And so it seems like things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. And they're going to get a lot worse because of the inflexibility of our approach. Well, and the, the inflexibility, quite frankly, the stupidity I mean, again, I, maybe I'm missing it, but point to a city where the larger problem, any major city in this country where the larger problem is COVID mortality rate as opposed to violent crime rate, right? And so- There are none, not even close. Yeah, there's, it's not even close, right. And so what we're doing is we're saying, look, you can't even tell if you have COVID unless you go to get a test. Right. I mean, the vast majority of people who come down with COVID don't know they have it or just feel like they have, you know, a cold, which all of us have lived with for many, many years. And like all viruses, there is a percentage of folks who have a much more negative response to the virus 
than the average person does, right? And those folks, God bless them. Fortunately, still to this day, we live in a country where I bet you anywhere in this country, you can drive to an emergency room and be seen in time to, you know, prevent you from expiring in, the, in your car or in the waiting room of the ER, unless, of course, you're in New York City, right? So, I mean, that's where we are with COVID. That's just the truth, right? I don't care whether or not you're a person who believes everyone should be vaccinated, you believe no one should be vaccinated, you think COVID is, you know, a made-up thing, you think COVID is the most deadly thing ever, the facts are what they are, and many more people are going to suffer from these vaccine mandates than have ever suffered from COVID-19. But you know what, buddy? It's the same thing I always say. Keep it up, right? I mean, if you are a, a vaccine mandate advocate for whatever reason, and you certainly are not one because you believe COVID-19 is the most dangerous thing in your city or town, because that's not true, right? So you, you're not doing it because you believe that. You're doing it for some other reason. So if you are a vaccine mandator, keep it up, right? Because when people realize, hey, I can't get a cop. It happened in New York City this week. I'm pretty sure it was New York. In fact, uh, yeah, thinking back about it, I, I saw this headline. Some poor kid died in a house fire. And when they asked the New York Fire Department, hey, you know, what happened here? They said, well, geez, I mean, we, we're, we're short staffed, right? We can't get to every fire. I mean, again, this is America. We've got fire departments saying, yeah, we don't have enough guys to get to the fire in time to save children's lives. Yeah. Okay. You can look that up. That happened. Nobody here is making that up. And frankly, you or I are neither here nor there, right? Both of us have been vaccinated, right? Both of us made the personal choice to go and do that and become vaccinated. And that's what we believe. We believe if you want to be vaccinated, if you think that's the best way to protect your personal health, do it. If you're, for whatever reason, unsure about the vaccine, don't want to take it, don't, right? I mean, that's all fine. But what's going to happen as a result of these vaccine mandates is that there's going to be real live death that occurs because there's not going to be enough critical responders to show up on scenes. You're going to have garbage piling up in the streets because you're not going to have people to pick it up. Those are going to be real world, impossible to hide events. And all of those chickens are going to come home to roost right on the front porches of these vaccine mandators, and they are not going to be able to get away from that. So I say, you know what? If you think that's the best way to go, keep it up and let's see what happens. Yep. I know. Look, I, uh, I uh, completely agree. But the thing that troubles me about the vaccine mandate and this whole approach is I get, right, if, if, there, if there is a vaccine that is effective at stopping the spread of the virus, of course, I see a strong argument for requiring that people in a workplace have it. But when you look at the Delta variant, it seems like the studies are saying that folks who have been vaccinated are just as likely to carry the virus as folks who don't. Now, the impact to them of the virus may be radically different. I think the studies show that. Um, but in terms of carrying the virus and being able to spread the virus, it seems like with the Delta variant, um, it's you're, you're just as likely to do it with the vaccine as without. And so you know, the whole argument at that point for a vaccine mandate kind of goes out the window. And there are, you know, there are, there are studies to that effect. So obviously the, you need more data and these are, these are, you know, the, these are sort of moving targets with all these variants and all this, but you know, that, that, I mean, that, that's the issue I have. And what we're really doing is we're putting our people at risk, our businesses at risk by decimating our, um, 
public safety forces. And it seems to me, when you look at what happened last summer with all of the riots, uh, there may be an orchestrated campaign, last summer being 2020, there may be an orchestrated campaign in place to defund the police using vaccine mandates. Well, I, fine. I mean, again, I, I don't disagree with that. I think that probably is what's happening, especially when you look and see where the vaccine mandates are being enforced. If you think that you're better off with no police than what you must believe to be an evil police force, then try it out. And I, I just don't get, buddy, I don't get this shock from, you know, vaccine mandate minded folks about, well, geez, you know, people that have been vaccinated carrying the virus. A vaccine is not a force field. The idea, though, is that if you get it, it doesn't have nearly the impact on you because your body's already ready to go. Right. And so I just again, this is one more reason why these mandates are nonsensical from a public health perspective, right? From a control the populace, from a, hey, you make me angry because you won't do what I told you to do and I'm the mayor perspective, they probably make a lot of sense. But from a public health perspective, they simply do not. Yeah. And, and it would make sense if it did, if it were a, a force field that prevented the spread. I could see the argument for mandating a vaccine at that point, but that's yeah. not what it is, exactly as you say. And that's the problem. And I'm telling you, there, there are revolts going on in Australia, there are revolts going on in um, in uh, uh, parts of Europe. Uh, the I believe on the lunar colony there were revolts earlier this month, and it's coming here. You see that in some of these uh, elections that are going on, and you see that with some of these school boards and the mask mandates and all that stuff. I mean that's a whole other segment, Brad, that we just don't have time for. But uh, chickens roost, come home, all that, all that good stuff. Really quickly, Brad, I, I know we have little time left, uh, but I wanted to give you an, a, an update on uh, the big story that we've been following for a few weeks now, the uh, DART uh, spacecraft program. Oh, yeah, yeah, the asteroid, yeah. Yeah, again, the DART program, the double asteroid redirection test. Um, it is right now a go. I understand it is being implemented. Uh, they are waiting on some um, uh, some components for the uh, for the shuttle that may take uh, two to three years, um, which would be well after the asteroid either collides with the Earth or misses it. Um, but they're still going to give it a shot here. They're still going to give it a shot. Um, and at this point, Brad, uh, we are looking at the latest data. Uh, provided from NASA and our good uh, folks at Nabisco. And uh, the asteroid is indeed continuing to uh, uh, come directly at the planet Earth. Collision well, course. But again, I, you know, you, you, there's some cause for concern there, right? Because if the asteroid hits planet Earth, it might be, you know, a true cataclysmic event. We might find ourselves down, you know, one human race. But on the upside, when that asteroid hits the planet Earth, it's liable to kick up a fair number of pretty good-sized diamonds. And really quickly before we go, our man in the street, Jared, the producer, is in Dealey Plaza waiting for the uh, second coming of JFK Jr. and the resurrection of Donald Trump to the presidency. Jared, any update? I do. I, I got a message on our on our network. JFK Sr. will be brought back and showed to the world on the grassy Noel. I think that's supposed to be Noel. At Dealey Plaza, the beginning and the end. Greatest show on earth of all time. Time for us crazy people to be vindicated. Love Trump and the Kings. That sounds very interesting. And as you know, Brad, the greatest show on turf was the, um, the old uh, LA Rams. 
That's correct. And uh, they that was worth watching. Very few dead people on that team. Almost everybody on that team was alive and kicking, scored a lot of points, but again, didn't last very long. You know, that that's just the way the NFL is. Defenses catch up. They got championship rings though, Brad. Championship rings. Indeed. Lots of Indeed. diamonds. Yeah. Yeah. Probably all of them from Diamonds Direct. I mean, at least as far as I know. Well, my friend, again, I, I, I applaud your effort this week. As usual, you were on the ball. You were on target. Our in-studio audience remained on the edge of their seat, faces pressed against the plexiglass, waiting for what was going to happen next. We appreciate everyone who made the effort to get out here. We'll see you right back here next week on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.